It is my pleasure to have uh, David Casali, our pleasure to have David Casali with us this morning. David is the uh, president, founder of Congo Initiative uh, that Blackno has been in relationship with, I, I think we're getting close to 10 years now. And uh, you have heard him before. He's been here with us several times before. Uh, and uh, just excited for the word that David has for us this morning. If you're uh, new to Blackno, Congo Initiative is one of our deep common journey partners uh, internationally located in Eastern Congo in the city of Beni. And uh, they have a ministry, uh, UCBC University there, Bilingual Christian University of Congo, as well as other ways they're engaging in the community there. But David, thank you for being with us and please bring us God's word. Jumbo. Again, uh, for those who do not know what uh, Jumbo means, it just means uh, Jumbo. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that uh, you guys are late in church. My people in uh, the east of the Democratic Republic of Congo went to church six hours ago. <laughs> but it's good to know that uh, we are worshiping that same Jesus. And I believe that uh, one day it will not be the church in Congo, the church in America but it will be together under the feet of Jesus Christ in heaven. That day you will not be late. <laughs> if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. I start reading from verse 26. Numbers 13, verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit, its fruit. But, but the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up 
and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than us, than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim, the Nephilim there, the descendant of Anak, come from uh, the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. 14, chapter 14, verse 24. But because, of, because my servant Caleb had a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went, he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Joshua, let's go to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. Verse 6. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite said to them, to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Bani, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Bani to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. Because you have followed the, the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Amalekites were there and their cities were large and fortified. 
but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Lord, we would ask that you teach us your word, for we, your people, are here. In Jesus' name, amen. I entitled this uh, reflection together, When God Troubles You, What Do You Do? When God troubles you, what do you do? We'll try to get uh, three lessons from the life of Caleb. We left Kenya with my family in 207 to go to my country that was torn with war and started the Ministry of Congo Initiative in a very difficult place. Today, killings still continue around our city of Beni. After 15 years of ministry there, on April 12, this year, just a few days ago, I received a, mess a written message from uh, one of our professors of Bible and theology. And this is what he wrote. Greetings, Papa Kasali. Do you think that time has come for the church in Congo to develop a theology of war and conflict? Since 2014, men, women, and children are being killed every day here in East Congo. Since 2014 till now, the church is praying and praying and praying. Shouldn't the church also encourage Christians to defend themselves? Especially that soldiers here seem to have the only task of escorting us to the slaughterhouse. Shouldn't we act as during the time of Nehemiah, when everyone had a weapon while building the wall of Jerusalem? Shouldn't our farmers work with weapon in hand to protect themselves? For how long will we continue to bury our brothers and sisters without doing anything to prevent the killing of innocent men and women? We seem to have fallen in the scene of passivity, 
by not assisting people exposed to the danger of, of, uh, of death. I'm sorry, Papa. Our situation is revolting. There seems to be no help for us and no help that will come from outside. One of our former students was killed a day before yesterday. Two weeks ago, I received news of uh, my big brother who had fallen sick and taken to Kampala in Uganda. And they discovered him with uh, prostate cancer and cancer in the stomach. In such a way that uh, my wife and I decided to return to Congo earlier than we had planned. Is our situation unique? Maybe, maybe not. The people of Ukraine will say that our situation is not unique. Maybe it's unique for you. But only maybe there are challenges that you may be going through as individuals, as families, maybe as communities, maybe as a nation, maybe even as a church. What do we do when God troubles us? I want to invite you to join me in a journey through Caleb's life so that we can learn together three steps from his examples. Caleb is one of the most inspiring personalities in the Bible. And the study of his life is very important to us to consider. Three steps that we can learn from the life of Caleb. Always, one, always trust in God, whatever the situation. Number two, take time to wait and wait and wait again. Number three, when time comes, take action. Number one, always trust God. The children of Israel had arrived to the promised land, near the promised land. They have walked to take the land that God had promised them and had promised Abraham, a land flowing with milk and honey, a good land that God promised them. But maybe God had forgotten to tell them something. that there are dangers there. 
that there are challenges ahead of you. As we read in the text, Moses sent 12, 12 to explore the land. And among them, only two believed that they could take the land. The land you sent us to explore is good, and here is the fruit, but the challenges and the difficulties, and the majority of the people, 10 out of 12, the people there are powerful. The cities are fortified. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. I don't know how they, they knew that. And the Bible said that they spread among the Israelites a bad report. And the result of that report was fear, complaining, accusations, disobedience, until God was angry with them. The minority, two out of 12, Caleb and Joshua said in verse 30, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. As I was sharing about situation in my country, in my place yesterday, with a group of elders and others, and Pastor David asked me, do you still have hope? I quickly said, from deep down in my heart, oh, yes, I do. I dare not have hope for my country. I don't know about you, friends. My father was a pastor and man of God when I was born. My father was uh, a man of the Bible. He did not have a library. In his library were only two books, actually three. The Bible, Daily Light, Devotion, and uh, hymns. So he spent all his time of reading, reading, the Bible. He was a man of the word. He was a man of prayer. 
Every single day around five o'clock in the morning, my father would pray loud. He was converted by the first missionaries. And his prayer was to name each one of us his, his children, 12 of us, and naming us by name before God. And telling God, I don't want to be in heaven one day and hear one voice of one of my children crying from hell because he did not believe in you, he did not trust you. My father instilled the trust of God in our heart, even as we were children. God was everything to pour us. He was our bank account. God was our fridge. God was our health insurance. And my wife and I have sought to impart instilled faith in God to our children. When our child, the last one, finished high school, he applied for university, and it came about three weeks for time to go to university. He had not received any letter of admission, and he had applied only to one university two, three weeks before the school started. He had not received admission. And one day we went to visit the school and, and they told us we lost his file and we'll look for the file and, and you go home. When we were driving back, they called us, we said, they said, we have found his, his file and we have admitted him uh, to, to the university and he can come next week. <laughs> and my, my, my son right there in the car said, dad, mom, this time, this is not your faith, this is my faith. What are we teaching our children to trust in? In education? In a bank account? In health insurance? Friends, that is secondary. Trust in God. Second lesson. Time for active waiting. Time for active waiting. Joshua says, I was here 40 years, when I was 40 years old. And now we have wandered in the desert. And now we have come back. 45 years have passed. I am 85 years old. I'm ready. I'm strong. I'm vigorous. 45 years of waiting. I call it active waiting. Many people in my country and especially here, are not patient. More and more, 
things have to be fast and faster and shorter and quicker. Can you spend 45 years of active waiting? Can you be patient? What do I call active waiting? I believe that Caleb was not just sitting back. Caleb was not just complaining and being angry and because of you guys have moved around for 40, 45 years. You made me to move around when I was ready, complaining and accusing. And comp- it's always his fault, the pastor's fault. I mean, the husband's fault. I mean, the wife. I mean, I mean, I mean. Someone else. Active waiting is not complaining. It's not sitting there with self-pity. It's not being discouraged. Let me tell you what active waiting is all about. Number one, active waiting is time to be with and in your community. Remain with and in the community. Don't quit. These are the people who did not believe in God. These are the people who did not make Caleb enter the land. And yet, Caleb did not say, you guys go in the desert. I will wait here. After 45 years, you'll meet me here. We will enter together. No, he went with them. He shared the pain with them. He ate with them. You are American, and you will suffer and joy with Americans. I'm Congolese, I will suffer with my people. You can blame them, you can say what you have, you want to say, you are still American. Time with the community, time to love them. Time to, 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 to go through their pain. Time to listen to them. Maybe, maybe time to teach them to trust in God. Active waiting is not passive. Secondly, it was time with himself. 40 years time with himself. To know himself even better. Time of solitude. In the desert, I'm certain he would take time. 40 years he would take him, maybe, maybe 40 days alone. Maybe a week alone in the desert. We call that the theology of the desert. Solitude. Many of us Christians in Protestant churches, we don't know the discipline of solitude. Be alone. Get to know yourself. Often we know other people better than ourselves. The discipline of solitude, you go inside yourself. You have to start to understand yourself. What makes you happy, sad, angry? Why do you complain so much? Contemplate the creation of God. See God through nature. And reflect and learn. Thirdly, I think it was time with God. In the desert, time with God. 
where he learned to listen to God, to obey God, to trust God even more, to feed his inner self, and to see God in action, killing, finishing these disobedient people. Leave them to God. You're going to change them. And thirdly, it was, fourthly, it was time with his family. Time that my father was taking with, with, with us as children. Time well spent to instill in the family the fear of God. To build value, family values. Often I tell my children, you know who you are? You are a kasali. That's enough for my children to know when I say that, what values are expected of the kasalis. I'm not saying we are holy. I'm not saying, no, it's a, man, a way of reminding your children the values of your family. Do you have values in the family that you have set? Active waiting was time for, 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 for Caleb to instill values and faith and conviction into their families because out there you are living with people of unbelieving hearts. You cannot leave your children to be manipulated by them out there. If you don't give them something, others out there will give them their thing. Active waiting. 40 years. Don't complain for waiting for one week. Thirdly, time to act. Time to trust in God. Always trusting in God. Time for active waiting. A time to act. I am here, says Caleb, 85 years old. Give me the land. I'm ready to take it. Before time, it's not time. After time, it's not time. The right time is the best time. And God is never late. It can take 45 years. When my wife and I were ready to come and start our studies in America, when we are working with the Association of Evangelicals in Africa, and we had scholarship to come to America, and, uh, and just a month before we come to America to start our studies, my, my boss, the leader of the, the evangelicals for the whole church, tells me, we did not find someone to replace you. Can you work again for one year? I ask uh, friends, what do you think? And everybody I asked said, go. Don't wait. Chance does not come twice. I said, I don't believe in the chance. I believe in God. And if God has set a door open for me, that door will remain there for one more year. I will respond. I will stay. 
I will not go to America. By the way, the road to heaven does not go through America. I will stay here. Obstacles, time, and believing community did not distract Caleb after 45 years. His mind was still set. The action was there. Caleb was ready. He was ready for the day. He had organized his family. He knew the people who were in the land. And he said, I'm not a grasshopper. I'm an Israelite. And I have God with me. And he will give me the land he promised. The young David said, this giant is too big to miss. And today I will give the carcasses of the army of Israel, of the Philistine, to, 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 to the birds of the air. And Caleb took Hebron and gave it to his descendants. Hebron is very significant in the Bible and for Israel. It was a well-known town where Abram entered when he went to Canaan 3,800 3, years earlier. Hebron is where David settled after the death of Saul, and where David ruled over Judah for seven and a half years before he was anointed king. Let's focus on the study of the Bible. Commit yourself to study the Bible. And write down, as you study the Bible, all the promises Take notes, notebook. Write down all the promises of God. Write them down. Share them with your friends, with your spouse. Share these promises with your children. Teach them to trust in God. Don't let your life, American lifestyle be what you trust in. It's good. I'm not saying it's bad. It's good. Don't let it be because it can go like this. Only God. Trust in his promises. Standing in the promises of God. Waiting actively. And when time comes, be ready. This is our prayer, dear Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.